0: The winds of change are blowing and it's easy to get lost and off track. Hi, I'm Renee Barabo, the Practical Shaman, Hay House author of Winds of Spirit, a wind whistler, and Soul Coat. This is a show for pioneers who want to learn to navigate the world with a chaotic spin awake. Welcome back to another episode of the Practical Shaman podcast. And today I have a very special guest, Dr. Davina Kotolsky who is a licensed psychologist, life coach, spiritual counselor, best-selling and award-winning author and speaker and nationally known LGBT rights leader. She received her PhD in psychology in 1996 and has a private therapy practice in Los Angeles and an international life coaching practice. She is passionate about helping people overcome obstacles to make their dreams come true. And she's the author, Why Should We Give a Damn About Gay Marriage? Love Warriors, The Rise of Marriage Equality Movement and Why It Will Prevail, Behind Barbed Eyes, and How to Come Out of the Closet into Your Power. Her next book, It's Never Too Late to Be Yourself, How to Follow Your Inner Compass and Live a Life You Love is in publication. Welcome. And what I just say is that we met through an LGBTQ conference, which. uh, Dr. Davina was a, a speaker at last year, oh, and she'll be rejoining us this year in January. Um, I haven't sent out the letters, but I'll let you know that you're coming. <laughs> Thank you, I'm looking forward to that. It was so much fun last year. It's an awesome conference, and you know, and one of the things that leads us right into this conversation, you're, you like to talk about the creative muse, and yeah. often creatives find themselves, when they think they're going in one direction, and like this LGBTQ conference that it was a work assignment, and you know what had happened for me was it opened up this this thing that I didn't really even know that I was in the closet for thirty five years I mean, I mean, yeah. I had gay friends, I had lovers, I had all of those things, but that I was not able to really open up and be myself so how, talk about that for yourself, like where the creative muse has hmm. led you down to roads that you didn't even know you were heading hmm. Uh, my whole life. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I love that
1: um, because I, I think that there's there's so many ways that these things are all connected. Um, one is is you know when you talk about coming out, it, it, there's a connection of when you're coming out as LGBT or coming out as an artist. It's all about being fully self-expressed and being open to to life and being in the flow. Um, and I, I think. For many people, when they even realize that they're LGBT, that's kind of can be surprising too. Because we're, you know, I'm going to talk more about this um, in another forum, but we're kind of all raised in this culture of compulsory heterosexuality, where there's an expectation of who we're going to be, and uh, and then we realize oh something's different about us. So um, so I think even coming out was an area of my life where I, I didn't expect that. But I think for many things, um, I worked for many years, uh, and this is connected to the seduce your muse. I worked for many years as a psychologist in a women's prison, and in um, one year I went on vacation to Venice, Italy, and while I was there, I got this sense that I was going to come back and I was going to write a book. I just felt like something was connecting with me, and it, and it was saying, you'll be back and you're going to write about you know, this person and and this story that I didn't even know who this person was yet, but I just kept listening. And a few years later, I, I saved up money and I went back to Venice and I, and I wrote for um, three weeks there and the story started to evolve and it just kept leading me down these different roads, kind of like, you know, the breadcrumbs, you follow the breadcrumbs. And then a few years after that, I was granted a scholarship to go to Italy and write and, um, And while I was, after I came back from this incredible experience, I was given a a free scholarship. I came back to the prison and I realized I can't do this work anymore. It's actually killing my soul. And it was, I remember it was 4th of July and I had just flown back into town and the fireworks were happening around me and I was jet lagged and I just started crying. And I thought, I can't, I had done 13 years in the prison. I had 12 more years to go to retirement. And I thought, can't do this anymore. It's just, it's deadening because everyone was like doing prison sentences there. And um, and, I, and I got a life coach and I left to follow my muse. And my muse took me in new directions. And then I was going to go back and write some more. And I realized I was woken up one night and I realized I need to take people with me. And what had happened while I was there was the the angels kind of contacted me. And that's when I started working with the angels. And I don't know if you, you know, I know you work with the wind. I don't know if you work with the angels at all, but I had never considered myself as somebody who worked with angels. I wasn't raised Christian or anything like that. But when I was in in Italy, the, the angels literally kind of came to me, especially Raphael, who's known for healing, and I'm a psychologist, I do healing work. And Gabriel, who's, I didn't know at the time, um, was the angel of writing, and so then I started to call upon the muses and the angels to help me with my writing. Anyway, I'm I'm kind of jumping out of myself, but it, that was something that started to happen. I'll, I'll come back to that, but but yeah, does did, did that kind of answer
0: your question? Yes, yeah, so, and uh, about the question about angels. So yeah, a few weeks ago I did a, a past life regression with this young man was wide awake, and mm-hmm. I don't do those very often, and um, at the end, we were doing a changing of the guards, like it was time for some new energy in my spiritual field. And so I'm like wandering through this field looking for angels. And I was like, I was, like damn, I never get to see the angels. And so all of a sudden I look down and there's this lion. And I'm there, a lion, you know, and I'm shamanic. So yeah. <laughs> it makes sense that I'd get a power animal. But right. the lion looks up at me and says, well, I can fly. and And so... The then this, this weekend I was, um, I've been taking this Harvard course in religion and one of the things was we were looking at, you know, the um, the book of the book of the Bibles and there was, there was my lion with the wings. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, okay, so, you know, it's kind of like, okay, I guess I need to do some more research into, into, you know, that book and, you know, so we, we get our muses in way different ways, but how you know how do you even recognize the difference between a muse mm-hmm. and a non-muse great question well so first of all i want to say the winged lion
1: is um is actually the patron saint of venice italy st <laughs> mark's and so um so that's just kind of an interesting connection there uh that, that the winged lion so well, so the muses basically come from Greek and Roman mythology, and they are the nine daughters of Zeus. And, um, and basically they are the, the helpers of, in the arts and the sciences. So poets would call on muses, scientists who are working on different things would call on muses. And what I started to realize was that, and, like, and, and as a writer, and, and you know this too, like for example with my first book, Why You Should Give a Damn About Gay Marriage, It literally flowed through me it was time for that book to be birthed and I was open and available and I just kept I would pray ahead of time like okay you know I need to write this chapter spirit Um, please bring the ideas to me bring the people to me so that this chapter can be birthed and and so there's you know you can write from your head where you're trying to force things onto the, the page I kind of call it writing constipation or you can call upon the muses and the divine flow, and ask for assistance. And it's a, it's amazing. It is a miracle because you're not trying to do it all yourself. You're being open, and so the muses are there to help us and to support us. But they, I believe, they need to be seduced. And so when I was uh, years ago, when I was working with a, a poet who was trying to complete her dissertation. And um, she wrote a lot of romantic poetry, whatever, but the dissertation was so heady that she just kept getting caught up. And I said, okay, well, let's seduce your muse. So why don't you um, bring flowers to your writing table, make yourself a good cup of coffee or tea, put on some music that's inspiring, and light a candle. Invite your muse in. Make him or her feel welcome right? Mm. And it's, so it's connecting to that juicy process. And so many people just try to sit down and write at a computer in a library or something, and there's no heart in it. There's no soul in it, All right? So as artists, we need to honor the muses, honor the, invite the angels in. And even the, the goddesses like Saraswati, who is the goddess of creativity and teaching and music. And And I love that you mentioned your power animals, because I've also called in my power animals, like please help with this and and so it might sound super woo woo to you know people who might be doing academic writing or whatever but it makes a difference right and and you've been in the flow before what, do you, what are your rituals Renee for connecting
0: well right even before that before that I got on the call with you mm-hmm. um like I just got a, a like a a rejection from something and mm-hmm. and then so you know and lately you know when you're in the in and out of the flow, because the flow can, you can come up to a a, a wall. So yes. I went outside, and and this week's uh, wind of spirit is Hulda, the Teutonic, um, who likes people who work hard and rewards you, and and she you know takes the maidens to the deep well, and mm-hmm. all of those all of those attributes of those those same kind of mythology of the muses, they you can call upon them. So I just actually went out and called in the winds of all the directions to come and and help me know what path is mine yeah and what paths aren't mine because i don't probably like you it sounds like it we're both very multi-talented mm-hmm. you know i cook i paint I, that's one of my paintings in the back yeah. mm-hmm. i you know i write you know i'm a shaman you know, and I'm a marketer, I'm all of these things, but I've been taking this advertising course this week for social media. And, and, and it's like, find that 4% of the 20% of what you are and, Mm -hmm. and, and really get in and focus. So for me, it's, I can do all of it. My muse is I need to come in and hone me into what's the right next project right now. What, Uh what is the very next step that I take? and, And I think for cultural creatives like you are who like this cooperative creative process, we can, you know, in a weekend, we could paint the living room, cook a meal for our friends and, you know, and, and spend three or four or five hours working on our own projects. So, you know, there's just so, so much with that, you know, but I never really seduced my muse in that way. Like I do love Saraswati and, and one day I, when, um, I just sat and, and listened to Krishna Das chanting that over and over again while I wrote. So I guess I didn't never even knew that Saraswati was a creative muse. So
1: yeah, and that's that's beautiful that you are chanting like um, that rituals like chanting and meditation before you sit down to create are so important because you're getting rid of the ego and you're right. taking into the soul into the into your higher self. So um, definitely meditating. Uh, praying, lighting a candle. These are all great ways for people to clear the space and enter that sacred realm when they're going to write or create or paint. And I, I love how multi-talented you are. It's it's so fantastic. And I really like what you're saying. It, it's true. It's like, you know, it, you have a lot of talents and there might be things that people invite you to, to do and to um, to participate in, but knowing what is your, what Julia Cameron calls your vein of gold. And I don't know if you've ever read that book. It's so great. Um, You know, Julia Cameron, who wrote The Artist's Way, before that, she wrote a book called The Vein of Gold. I have it, yes. Yeah, it's so good. It's about finding that sweet spot. Like you said, like, what is yours to do? Because that's where you, what she calls, that's where you strike the gold. That's where, you know, your strongest voice comes out. And um, actually I was just coaching a, a client the other day about that because she's being invited to do all these guest writing things. And it's like, okay, but what? what do you really want? What's, mm-hmm. what are you passionate about? Because sure you could write an article about this, but is
0: that where, is that
1: juicy for you?
0: Right. Does yes. that give you, you know, it, it's some, someone said, does that give you enough so that you get out of bed and say yes Exactly. every single day. And uh, you know, that's, I think as creatives, we also go through the period of non-creation so talk about your periods of non-creation those periods where you know you couldn't get out of your own way to to write a page if you wanted to
1: yeah that's a great point so um especially when you go through things like you hit a wall like rejection like if you're writing you know you're gonna you're gonna hit walls where your creativity stops you're gonna hit bumps in the road where maybe a project doesn't get accepted or it doesn't turn out the way that you want to. And so it's really good to keep replenishing yourself, right? So if you can't write, um, go and do other things, go be creative, have fun. Having fun is so important. People don't realize that it's so serious. Like, I mean, it is very important to work hard. I absolutely agree. And, you know, when you keep showing up to the page, that's great. But also you need to play and you need to do, like you said, you need to cook, you need to paint. Um, those are, are things that, that you know, fill your, your well. Um, when I take people to Italy, one of the reasons that I take people to Italy to write is because it's this beautiful renaissance city. There's so much art and creativity and we, we go to the market and we eat and um, we go out and do some other fun art things and we wear our masks and we just play because playing and, you know, kind of connecting with our, our inner child and just being playful um, that allows you to, to get back and to use your right brain because we're such a left brained, you know, um, world in so many ways. I mean, you know, I know that when you're in the shamanic world, that's definitely not left brain and that's why it's so incredible because you're open to the right brain. But I think, people in the United States have gotten very left-brained. And so we're only you know, working with one hemisphere and not the totality of the heart, the mind, the right and the left. So playing is a really good thing to do. Um, reading uh, can help kind of get your creative juices flowing. Taking uh, a wind walk. Yeah, I love that,
0: taking a wind walk.
1: Yeah, yeah. do you want to
0: say more about that? <clears throat> There, You know, it's a mindfulness-based practice that came to me when I was writing the book. Like one of those muses that all of a sudden I walked outside one day and I thought, okay, well, what's my next question? And the wind came and brushed me on my face. And I'm there like, oh, okay, you got my attention. Yeah. And then I walked. And then, you know, so I learned this practice of when I would walk with the wind, mm-hmm. I would be told like unbelievable things that I could hardly even fathom because I, I've never been much one who was a, a medium or a channel and I always seem mm-hmm. kind of make fun of those people who you know tapped into that stuff and next thing I know I'm, the winds is teaching me how to write a book and mm-hmm. you know what it wants to share and all of this stuff and and like for for somebody like me who goes back and forth between the brains consistently
1: yeah
0: that was like mind bending you know so winds of spirit actually I don't call it channeled, but it was certainly wind inspired. How's that? <laughs> yeah, no, I love that, um, and and I think like what, like you said, just
1: getting out. Um, we talked about meditation. When I was writing why you should give a damn about gay marriage, like I said, I would I would pray. For example, I had to write a chapter on um, LGBT veterans and the the rights that that uh, LGBT people who were serving our country didn't get and didn't have access to. Um, and I really needed some personal knowledge about it. I could look up and, you know, some things, but uh, I would pray about it and then people would show up mm-hmm. and I would go and have conversations with them and I would learn so much. And I was like, thank you, creator. Like you brought these people to me. Um, I remember going for a hike with some people who were uh, in a binational relationship where one person was from another country. And it was like, you know, tell me, what is it like to to be here and not be able to marry the person that you love? And if they were of the opposite gender, you would just marry them and they would get citizenship. But because we don't have that right, we're not allowed to marry, how does that impact you guys as a couple? And I just learned so much on that hike. Um, I love, you know, I was introduced to shamanic journeys and soul retrieval back in um, 1994, 95. And, um doing shamanic journeying or going into nature. There's an exercise Michael Harner taught years ago, which was go find a rock and sit with a rock and ask it questions. And, and it reveals stuff to you. And so I think those things are, are priceless, you know, our, our environment, um, just both being open and available, those answers will come. So I I love that. And I I love that the wind spoke with you. And, and again, I think some people might think that's super woo woo, but I just, I mean, it's beautiful. The the universe is speaking to us if if we are willing to listen.
0: And and anyone who knows me knows that I'm not really super woo woo at all. Um, very practical, down to earth. Funny you should be talking about rocks. Yesterday, I had a coaching client who called me. She's I don't know seven or seven or eight months pregnant, and she, you know she's like doing the the dance. Like oh my baby gonna be alright. I'm thinking like couldn't you like spend your time thinking about, you know, the books you're going to read or so, but you know, you can't tell somebody. So I gave her this exercise about writing down her fears and putting it in a wind sack. Oh, that's great. Which she has putting uh-huh. it in a wind sack, tying it up and tossing it off to the wind. Mm-hmm. And then when that one didn't, you know, that one was one thing. I gave her that a month ago. She wasn't doing it. I said, Hey, you're at the beach, go find yourself a, a A friend get yourself a rock and for the next month every time you have a thought like that demand that it goes into the rock Uh she's there like oh that's great so so you know it's like rock talk here you go
1: yeah no and that's that's wonderful that's a great strategy um, for letting go I also with with people who are writing I encourage them to write down why are they the person to write this book? Like what is what are their unique qualities? Why is their voice needed? Because again, we're we're all called forth to contribute our gifts and talents. And kind of connecting to what you just said about you know her reading the books to her kid, I'll invite people to visualize and imagine. Imagine you're talking to one of the people that have had you know that's read your book and they're sharing with you how you know your book has made a difference and i'm sure now you've had lots of people share that with you renee whereas a year ago when we first met your book hadn't come out yet and i'm sure now you're like hearing um just how profound this book is and those kinds of things are really helpful for people to just visualize yourself um connecting with your audience
0: and that's really funny i mean we're like really super connected but it's funny you should say that because The other day, you know, I'll be teaching at Omega in August. And the other day, yeah, the other day I was like, well, who's going to be in that class? And it's like, and, you know, of course I take a wind walk and the wind said, well, why don't you sit down and actually get out your rattle or get out the drumming CD and journey and find those souls and those people who need to be there and put them all in a circle so that they're called. And I thought like... You know, I, I'm so practical sometimes that this, I, you know, a lot of my friends are very shamanic. They're very, like, you know, they get their flowers out to seduce that muse. And mm-hmm. I just, like, go about it until the wind slaps me and says, okay, mm-hmm. change direction. Your sail is flapping in the wind, mm-hmm. Renee. And mm-hmm. and so, you know, I'm not a quick learner.
1: <laughs> well, that's good, though, because at, at least you are reminded again and again um, how, how valuable that is. So even if it's not your go-to, obviously you're, you're reminding us all that when we do those things, it makes such a difference, right? So calling in your, you know, your, your, your participants calling in those souls that you're going to connect with what I call, you know, people that you're having a divine appointment with. Right. And, And that's amazing. Like the first group of people that, um, that showed up to the seduce your muse I did and in, in Italy in 2011 were incredible. And um, they came from, you know, different corners of the, you know, the world. And it was such a powerful group that all needed to be together in that one moment and, uh, and, and just continue to show up after that, you know, for the ones that I had um, later, it's, it's just wild. So yeah, I mean, the people that are going to get to, be with you, <clears throat> and to be at Omega, which is such a gorgeous place. I, I got to do a class there with Brian Weiss um, many years ago. It's such a gorgeous healing, you know, place to be. Um, it's going to be incredible. I'm so
0: excited for you. I am excited too. I want to go back to something you said because, you know, we're coming shorter on time here. Yeah, what's time. There's no time. There's, you know, we're, we're it's a it's a shamanic thing here, but you were talking about why you're the right person to write this book. Yeah. And something that I know that it needs to be enough fuel to get you through, I don't know, people always say, how did you become a Hay House author? Mm-hmm. Just throw my book in here, wins the yeah. Um Great book. I got rejected by, you know, 14 other publishing houses. I mean, mm-hmm. you when you're, you 14. need- I don't know how huh? I'm. Yeah, yeah, out. no, but, you know, yeah, that, 14, whatever. Book. Twelve, and and so the truth of the matter is, is that you need a dream that's big enough to to jump over walls that you hit. Yes, and I know the same thing with you is like you've written several books, and you know yeah. I know you have worked hard to get them published. And one of the things as a creative, you have to remember that who publishes you the process of writing create the book creates its own soul when you Mm. cooperate with it and it has its own life that has nothing to do with you as an author and so i think you've learned that so talk about that relationship to um once you've given birth and this uh why gay marriage should matter Mm you wrote that years and years ago, but it's probably more relevant now than ever. I mean, in, in, in a certain way, because here we are faced again with: will our rights be backwards? We're going kind. Of, it feels like we're going backwards, or maybe mm-hmm. it's pushing us to go forward. We can't tell because it's a wall. Yeah. About, well, you know, so, why you should fall. give a damn about gay marriage, which came out in two thousand and
1: four, and then the follow-up, um, Love Warriors. Why uh, the why Marriage Equality Will Prevail. I, now I can't remember the, the subtitle of that one. Um, they're both great books. The reason I did the second one is because so many things had changed uh, between the first one and the second one, so I wanted to, to update people. But both of the books talk about um, all of the rights that we've been denied, how it's impacted people, um, the, the, the loving couples, and how they were affected by not having the same rights, looking at comparisons between uh, previously oppressed groups and the LGBT community, and how marriage throughout time has been used as a way to dehumanize people. So, and and, and other civil rights, you know, like Native Americans weren't even considered citizens in the United States until 1935. Um, Asian Americans, uh, men were were allowed to come here to work, but they weren't allowed to bring their wives. So they were denied the right to marry. And if they married a white woman, the white women lost their citizenship and lost all of their rights in the United States. Um, you know, marriages between people of different races were illegal in this country in many states until 1967. So there are ways in which marriage discrimination is has been a way to oppress. Um, minority groups and stigmatize people and dehumanize people and keep them from forming families and then blame them for being unstable. You know, just like, uh, you know, black Americans who came here against their will from Africa were not allowed to form family bonds. They were not allowed to marry. Their children were stripped from them. So it, both books um, look at the oppression of marriage throughout. Throughout the United States, and how that's gone on, as well as bringing talking points about the importance of separation of church and state and those kinds of things. I was very passionate about writing those books because I am against discrimination. I'm somebody that believes that we are all created equal. um, And uh, even if our circumstances have been different, we are all entitled to, you know have our liberties, and to have the right to, to love, and to create families, and to work. And um, anyhow, I don't believe people, like Dr. King said, should be judged on the the, the color of their skin or their sexual orientation. Um, I'm adding that part, he didn't say that. <laughs> he would have though. But you know, that we should be judged on the content of our character. So those books are out there, and I think, I think they're still relevant in that those talking points um, are still valuable for people to understand why we need to be treated equally and why there needs to be a separation of church and state and how this country, even if the majority of people might be Christians, we are not a Christian country. We are a democracy and we are not a theocracy. So those things are still there. Those books are still relevant. Um, So I, I, you know, and they're still great reading historically. So I I do encourage people to go out and read those books. They're great. And, uh, and one of the things was that when I first approached a publisher, I was actually writing a book about um, I had done 40 interviews with the judges and the lawyers and the plaintiffs that were moving those cases forward and people that were activists and politicians moving marriage equality forward back in 2002 and 2003. And I approached a publisher and they said, "Well, we're not ready to hear those stories of those, you know, lawyers and those um, those people that are putting their lives out there." Uh, but we want, we need to know first of all, um, why 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 is marriage equality important to gay people? Because we don't even think it's important to gay people, um, because we want sexual freedom and feminism, and all, and marriage is a heterosexual patriarchal institution. And I said, "Okay, well." We need, as a people, need to know. No, we do need marriage equality, not just domestic partnerships. This is important to us as citizens of the United States to have full and equal opportunity to form families and to have these rights and to protect our loved ones. And so, I want to write a book. They're like, "Okay, well, can you write that book?" And I said, "Yes." <laughs> and said, "Well, when can you do it?" And I said, "I'm going to do it now." And um, they're like, "Can you have it ready?" This was in. July of 2003 or June of 2003. And they're like, can you have it ready for 2004, April? And I was like, hell yeah. And so I was just like, spirit, you know, work with me here because this book is needed. People need to know, not just, you know, people who identify as heterosexual, but the LGBT community needs to know these stories of how we're being hurt, how we're not able to be in the hospitals with our loved ones as they're dying, or even go to the funeral home or know where our loved ones are being buried or have any of these rights. It it was so egregious, the things that were happening to loving same sex couples and their children because we didn't have rights.
0: We just didn't have those rights. And it's still happening. It's still happening. You know, we're just about out of time here and I hate to cut you short. We'll have to have that conversation again on another podcast. Sure. As you can tell, I'm super passionate. about. That's what I wanted Mm -hmm. to end it with is like, can you see Davina's creative expression of, you know, that's creativity at its finest when, when something moves your soul so deeply that 10, over 10 years later, you're, it's still firing you up and, and yeah. still urging you on. And, and it's a subject that we do need to talk about again, and we are talking about it at the Finding Freedom Symposium this year in January in Palm Springs. Uh, LGBTQsymposium.com. Uh, so, uh, Dr. Davina, tell tell people where they can find you, and huh? uh, and we will definitely have you back again on the podcast. Thank you, Renee. I just
1: I love chatting with you. It's so much fun. Um, so probably the easiest, since my name is com is probably hard to remember. Uh, go to FollowYourCourageousHeart.com. That's my new passion. Is is well, I think it's always been my friend, I want to help everybody not just LGBTQ people but help everybody follow their hearts and be fully self-expressed and be the authentic person you came here to be so if you go to followyourcourageousheart.com you can read more about you know how actually there's a, a class there you can sign up for free and get more information and just stay in touch with me so that's great
0: you. and if you want to know more about how the winds inspired me check out winds of spirit and as both of us as authors, what I'd like to say is, mm-hmm. buy our books. Yeah. You know, buy our books. Buy it's our like, books. It's like um, what, that athlete, the soccer player, said, hey, it's time to take, give us the ball. Well, it's right. time to buy our books because – did you hear her speak, the woman who's uh, the soccer player? I did, but I love Benin's that. Women's rights. It's like it's time – well, she said it in front of um, Bernard – graduating class, what? it's time to give us the effing ball. And, you know, take that ball, buy our books. You know, yeah. people spend five years, uh, thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars, lots and lots of rejections. Mm-hmm. And it's really important to support people that you, um, you find entertaining, <laughs> who, yeah. who, who inspire you. So <laughs> I'll leave on that note. What do you say with that closing? yeah that
1: that sounds great can i just one last thing um and i love that you're published with hay house and i want everybody to remember that hay house was created by louise hay in her 60s i believe and she was it was her self-publishing company so remember that if you met with rejection you know right now it's a tight market a lot of publishers are afraid to take risks don't be afraid to go out there and publish your own book or get out there and speak and promote yourself because that's important
0: too. So don't give up. Right. that's Follow that muse till the, till the end of time. Nice. Thank you, Davina. Thank you, Renee. And I look forward to seeing you in January. And I'll see everyone next week on the Practical Shaman podcast. Bye-bye.